different this morning, if that's okay with you. So if you have a Bible, if you could go to, uh, to, to, to the Gospel of Luke, and we're going to, um, we're going to look here from chapter 24 and verse 13. Okay. And this is, this is um, it's just, Jesus has just, he's died on the cross, that, and, and he'd just been raised from the dead, okay? Um, and so this, this is in the, in the wake of Jesus having just been raised from the dead. And some people are saying, oh, I've, I've seen him. Others are saying, no, he can't. What's going on here? And so verse 1 says, on the first day of the week. So this is the, um, the first day of the week when Jesus had risen. Down to verse 13. Now that same day... Two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they, they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing? What are you talking about as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast, and one of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you, the only, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and you don't know the things that have happened there in the last few days? What things? He asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet. He was powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and rulers, they handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. We had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. What's more, it's the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. I won't add any words in there. They went to the tomb early this morning and they said they couldn't find his body. And they came and told us what they, that they'd seen a vision of angels. I can almost imagine their eyes sort of... Vision of angels. He said that he was alive. And some of our companions went to the tomb and they found it was just as the women had said. They obviously didn't believe the women, so they went, oh, poor ladies. Some of our companions, they went to the tomb and they found it just as the women had said. But they didn't see him. He said to them, how foolish you are, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Didn't the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Don't you wish you were there? And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us. It's, it's nearly evening, the day's almost over. So, so he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and began to give it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they recognised him. And he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other's, Weren't our hearts burning within us when he was talking to us on the road? And I, do you know, I was just arrested by that phrase. We 
we had hoped. We had hoped. Such a poignant phrase, isn't it? We had hoped. A lot of people in our world right now feeling a bit confused. We had hoped the vote would go this way or that way. We had hoped we'd have this president or that president. We had hoped. It can leave you a bit downcast, can't it? Angie and I, we, we love to go walking. Do you, go, do you like going walking? It's, it's, it's just a nice thing, especially when you live in a beautiful place, you know. And um, there you go. That's not Angie and I. Mean, yes, that's not, and that's, that's not Steve's dog, Charlie. But it's nice to go walking. But the trouble, I don't know about you, I just find myself, if I'm not careful, I, I, before, without even thinking about it, I could be looking down. Now, sometimes it's quite useful to look down, make sure you're not walking in what you might not want to walk in. But, but I think sometimes you just get in the habit of walking. Does anyone else do that? You just find, well, and, and so we'll sort of prod each other. Look, over there, look, look, look. Because it just, somehow it seems to be a, a natural deal. You, you're walking... Come on, am I, am I just a miserable what's-it? Does anyone else do that? You do. Your head just goes down. And it's true sort of metaphorically, if you're not careful. Life can be pretty tough, can't it? Well, life is pretty tough, isn't it? Not can be. And your head can go down pretty quickly, can't it? Sense of loss. Sense of something you were hoping for. Something you'd really believe God for, maybe. Maybe a relationship that seems so promising. Stuff happens, doesn't it? Things happen like that in our lives. And our heads can quickly go down. And I think, especially right now, you know, I, I don't know whether maybe everyone, every age, every generation says this, but it, it does seem a pretty gloomy, a pretty tough old time right now, doesn't it? Pretty gloomy old time right now. There's lots of... Um, it's confusing. Life, life's confusing. It, 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 you know, it, there's not a great lot of optimism out there in, in your newspapers. Your head can go down. For Christians, you can become fearful, right? You can watch the news and you can get fit. Your head can go down. So at all sorts of levels. Personally, in your own life, your head can go down. Disappointments. As a church family... Your head can go down, things perhaps not quite being the way you'd hoped. In the nation, our heads... Oh, I was really still um, back there. Can we go back to um, we had hoped? There we go. We had hoped. That's, that's where we are. We'd, we had hoped. We had hoped. We had hoped. And, and that's really... Maybe some of you have something like that in your heart right now I don't know whatever level it is your head can 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 go down sense of loss but then something happened to these two on this road there they are walking along they're actually going home they're kind of quitting they're well we think they're going home um and um clear pass when one of them's named so it may have been him and his wife it may be they, they do you know what we're out of this we're quitting we're going home. And we can do that. We can withdraw, can't we? Begin to withdraw in those moments. And I really, I want to say, I think God's got something to say for any of us who might be 
in that place. Something surprising happens here. Something changed everything, and it was a surprising voice. That's my second point, a surprising voice. And so there they are walking along, and Jesus, I love this. You know, it wasn't sort of crash, bang, wallop, blinding lights, boom, you know, Jesus, they didn't even realize who it was. They're so looking down there. And someone comes up and just, what are you talking about? What's, What's troubling you? I love that. This is just this is Jesus. He, he, and, and he's alive and he's 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 in their conversation. He doesn't, he doesn't beat them up and say, you you know, miserable lot. He he's he, Jesus just comes into the equation and he starts walking with them. What are you talking about? What's on your mind? What's on your heart? I love that. Don't you love that? That's that's what he does. Jesus has come close. There's that's the gospel. He's come close. That's what Christmas is all about. God has come close in Jesus. And whatever you're going through right now, I want you to know that, that Jesus, comes, he's come close. He, he wants to get in on your conversation. It's okay to talk like that. It's okay to say, well, we'd hope this. We'd hope, we'd, I mean, they, these guys, they put their trust in, 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 in Jesus. They, they, they thought there was a new, something fresh and new for them. And that had been dashed. But I love this about Jesus. See, this is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. You don't, it's, not, it's often not blind flashing lights and earthquakes. and He's come close in the person of Jesus. God has come close. This is, and if you want to discover what it means to, to live and walk as a, a follower of Jesus, a Christian, you need to develop, as it were, your spiritual imagination that you can just imagine, you can sense that, that he's with you. You'll never find the Christian life easy if you can't do that. You can't begin to think, yeah, he's with me. That, this is true. You see, we're not very good at imagination, in our generation, it's all out there, pictures and, and stuff. You know, we're, our, our senses are stimulated by, by what we see and so on. But if you want to be a, a follower of Jesus who enjoys knowing his presence, you need to develop your, as it were, spiritual imagination. He walks, we, I'm not going to burst into song here, but we used to sing a song. He walks with me and he talks with me. What's the next line? Hey, you, you know it. One, two, three, you won't, no, no, we won't do that. Folks, this is the heart of being a follower of Jesus. And if you're thinking, oh, I haven't had any visions and crashing lights and earthquakes lately, well, you want to praise God for that. It's usually people who are going the wrong way who get that. But what you have got, if you're a follower of Jesus, is the potential of, of recognizing this and, and, and listening to the one who's right there with you in your conversation. He wants to come into your conversation. In your we had hopedness. He wants to come into the conversation. They were just talking to each other. Having a bit of a moan and a groan. And Jesus wanted to come into the conversation. And this voice came. And as they allowed him into the conversation, there's a shift. It begins to shift. They, they looked back later and said, oh, yeah, our hearts began to burn, didn't they? Something, 
our hearts were kind of getting burned. Something began to shift as they let Jesus into the conversation. And I want to say to you, please, whatever might be going on in your life, whatever circumstances, whatever sense of lostness or, or weird hopedness you might have, let Jesus into your conversation. He's there with you. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. He wants in on the conversation. And if you will let him in on the conversation, things will start to turn, to turn around. Your, your, your heart will begin to burn. So the, this surprising voice, a, sh- a shift takes place. And, and what this voice does, it, it's, it's wonderful. I read there, this is my third point, the bigger picture. He lovingly begins to get, into, get, get alongside them and just give them a sense of the bigger picture. I, I'd love to have been there. He, what he did there, he took them through, he, he explained the wonderful redeeming plan of God that's been played out through the ages. He just began with Moses. I'd love to have been there. I mean, what a, you know, what a Bible says. He just gave them heaven's perspective. God's wonderful redeeming purpose that's going on in the earth. That God is about something wonderful in the world. And there's not a day it goes backwards. In fact, it had just take a, taken a huge leap forwards that very day. But they couldn't see it because they were locked in their own conversation and sadnesses. And if you will begin to let Jesus in to the conversation, he'll start to give you a fresh sense of perspective a fresh sense of the things that he's doing across the nations, where you are, what he's doing around you. It's what he does. It's what he does. And I want to tell you today in, you know, in, that, that God is doing wonderful things now, today. You know, I, I often think on a Sunday when I wake up, as we worship do you know what? It's like a big Mexican wave goes around the, 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 the world as it turns, you know? Starting over in the east somewhere, you know? And, 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 and then as, a, as, as the sun comes up and so on, right around the world, there's this wonderful... Me- Folks, God is doing something wonderful. He's in control. He's doing wonderful things. He really is. Let, where did I put my Bible? Let him in on your conversation. And let him begin to lovingly, kindly give you a sense of what he's doing across the nations that is wonderful, this redemptive theme of Scripture. He goes on to point out that suffering leads to joy. He makes this connection that's a real biblical theme. Wasn't it necessary for the Christ to, to suffer and die Suffering and glory. He makes that connection for them. And, and maybe that's what you need to see. That sometimes through the, the bad stuff, there's, 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 there's glory around the corner. We can trust God. Get God's perspective on what's going on in your life. He has promised never to leave you or forsake you. And it's true. And we've got an enemy who wants to get our heads to go down. Get lost in our own conversation. I, me, ooh, uh, and Jesus draws them out. This is what I'm doing. I don't want you to see it. I want you to not, don't, don't let the enemy make your heart fearful. I want you to see it. There's something wonderful 
going on. And you know, it's the lovely thing in this passage here, it's this first day of the week. The, the, the writer of Luke, he's making a point here to us, on the first day of the week, on the same day. This is like the beginning of a whole new age. The, the, is it where the kingdom is breaking in upon them? This, the, the, the new age, the, the new heaven and new earth has begun. God's new plan, God's redeeming plan, it's begun, it's bursting out. It's the first day of the week. It's just a wonderful moment. Do you, do you want to say? So I think Luke's making that point that, that actually this wonderful big picture, this is the first day of God's glorious future. And we're living in it. We're in it. These are not gloomy. Well, they, they are gloomy days if you, if you haven't got eyes to see. But they're glorious days. If you'll allow the Holy Spirit, if you'll allow Jesus to show you what he's doing, and what he wants to do in and around you, wherever you live, wherever you work, whatever you're doing, wherever you're walking your life, he wants to do something new and glorious. It's what he does. It's the first day of the week. You've got to have eyes to see it. Satan, he loves, to, he, he loves nothing better than to get you eyes down there. The first day of the week. Now, up until this point, nothing substantially has changed in the story. They're still heads down. Something beginning to bubble in them, but they're kind of, they're still in the same direction, going home, getting out of the game, and then there's this pivot, a pivot in the story. In verse 28, it's a pivotal moment. Listen to this. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going further. He was going to move on. I, 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 do you know, when I read that, he acted as if to go further. See, here's the deal. He needs to be invited in to really bring about change in your life. You need to invite him in. He won't press himself on you. If you want to stay head down, you can. But he's there with you. And this pivotal moment, he acted as if to go further. What would have happened if, if he'd let them? Oh dear, I dread to think what would have happened to Cleopas. Maybe we'd never have heard of them. And for you, if in your situation, whatever that might be, Jesus comes close and wants to get in the conversation, but you need to invite him into your situation. He, right at the door, the doorstep, there he is, there at the doorstep. The doorstep of your life, if you like, right at the doorstep. Maybe today, Jesus is right on the doorstep of your, and, and he's kind of, he, he's, he's going to move on. And the, the, I just want to, I want to plead with you. I want to say, please, just invite him in. Invite him in. Oh, Lord, please, come on board, please. My, my home, my my work situation, my, my relationship, all the stuff that's going on in my life. Lord, please, come on in on this. I, I, I want you in on this. I, 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 you know, doesn't the book of Hebrews say, today if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Bring him in. 
And today, if you're just sensing a bit of a nudging, don't just go away and have Sunday lunch. Invite him in. Lord, I invite you in. I really want you to come into the mix. So this is my next point. Can we have the next one up? An important invitation. You need to respond to that. Lord, I really, really, really want, want you in, in the mix. It's a pivot, and it's a lovely story now. You know, it's a pivotal point. You know, they, they get around the table with him. They have, they get, I, I, you know, I love sitting around. It's probably my favourite pastime, sitting around a table with good friends. And it doesn't really matter what the food is, as long as it's vaguely edible. Just sitting around. I mean, Angie's fine. She's great. She's good. She's brilliant. But you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be mega. It's just being around. Don't you love that? There's something beautiful. One writer once said, um, if you take meals and mountains out of the Bible, there's not much left. Think about it. I love that. Mountains, that speaks of the majesty of God, the bigness of God, the woe of God. The, yeah? Meals speaks about the closeness of God. And that's, have you noticed the Last Supper, the Lord's Table? Have you noticed that? And sometimes we make it a bit too religious, really. They got around the table, and I just love it. And this is what Christian fellowship's about. It's about being around the table and Jesus being in the mix. And I want to commend the practice of sitting around table. Do lots of it. It's, a, it's, it's just, it, this, is, this, is, this is what Jesus is like. This is what our Father God is like. He, he, he wants to come close and enjoy our company and laugh with us and be with us, engage with us. I could do a whole preach on breaking bread and this, the table, the significance of the table. Some, some um, different, you may, some uh, perhaps different churchmanships, different churches, they would call this the Eucharist. It sounds a bit posh, doesn't it? It, it, literally mean, Eucharist, it literally means to give thanks. That's what it means. Eucharist means to, to give thanks. That, that's what that Greek word means. It means to give thanks. And it's, and that, that's, that's what we do when we engage with Jesus. We just begin to give thanks. That's why worship, I think, is such a huge deal. In my life, when we come together, we want to give thanks. It's, that's, that's my greatest strategy in life. When, when I'm feeling a bit whatever, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to worship. Put, put, I've got a playlist on my phone. It's called Worship Now. <laughs> And sometimes I just want to, well, often just want to flick that on. Because I want to bring Jesus into the mix. An important invitation. And then my, my next point, my last point. Here's my last one. And uh, the result of all this, these guys, they find fresh hope and joy on the journey. Do you notice what happened? It says... They ran back to Jerusalem. They've just, how many miles did we say it was? I don't know, it was quite a lot. Was it seven? I don't know. Seven miles. They've just walked seven miles and they've been walking like this, cares of the world on their shoulder. Suddenly, there's a hop, skip and a jump and they're running. Something has happened. Something 
dramatic has, has happened. They've been refreshed. They've been reorientated. They've been re-engaged on this mission that they've been given. Refreshed, reorientated, running. How many more hours can I think of? Re-engaged on this mission. And that's what happens when we, when we let him in. That's what happens when we, when we, not only when we start to recognize his presence with us on the road, or, you know, and, and let him draw our conversation into his conversation. And then fellowship with him, bring him into our lives, into our homes, as it were, and, and, and worship. And suddenly everything's changed and they're running. And that's what, I think God wants for you and me. That's what he wants for you and me. He doesn't want us to keep, you know, trudging along, head down. But he wants to come into our conversation. He, want, he loves you. He wants to come close. He wants you to begin to recognize him, his presence. He wants you to invite him in. Lord, come on, need you. Really need you. That's, do you know what? That's probably the best prayer you could ever make. Lord, I, I so need you. In this situation, in the whole deal, Lord, please come. You know, you, that's, if you prayed that every day of the week, that, 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 I mean, do you know what? So much can change. So much could change. If tomorrow morning, Lord, I need you. Rather than trudging into the day, wait the world, Lord, need you. Come on, I want to fellowship with you, please. Oh, yeah, come and help me. And they started running back. They're re energized for the journey. I've got a lovely quote. I'm going to close in a moment, but um, you may, some of you have heard this one before. I don't know where it came from, but a friend of mine gave me this quote. And this is speaking of the Christian life. Life should not be a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in an attractive and well-preserved body. Well, thank goodness for that. But rather to skid in sideways, gummy bears in one hand, battle sword in the other, body thoroughly used up, totally worn out, and screaming, woo-hoo, what a ride. <laughs> Folks, God's called us on a wonderful adventure together. Hasn't he? He has. He's called us on this wonderful... He's about a great work in the world. His kingdom is here. It's at work among us every day. The new day, the, that first day of the week, it's a new day. And we've got an enemy who wants to push our heads down, cause us to get lost in our own thoughts and disappear up our own exhaust pipes in kind of over-processing. But Jesus has come close. And he wants to come into your conversation. And he's waiting for an invitation to come right on in to your home, to your life. And if you will let him, if you'll begin to let him, then you'll find that everything starts to change. You're going to get refreshed. And you'll get reorientated. And you'll get reinvigorated for the journey. That's God's heart for you. That's what he wants for you. He wants to catch you up in all that he is doing.
That's his passion for you. He wants you to know that he cares about you, that he understands your conversation, he understands what's going on in your life. He understands that. He wants to come and reinvigorate you, come and bring about a a fresh joy, a fresh sense of excitement, a fresh sense of what he's doing. And he wants you in that mix with him. Do you want some of that? Do you want some of that? Well, there's there's the invitation. It's there for you. You need to do something with it. Lord, yes, I want some of that. Should we pray? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we want our hearts to be burning, Lord. Maybe our hearts have got a bit dull. Maybe, Lord, we know we live in a world, in a culture that is kind of hard work at times, and there's lots of negative things out there, and there's lots of heavy things around, and, and our hearts can get heavy. We, yeah, Lord, we know our, our hearts can become heavy, and our heads can go down, and we can be a bit disappointed, but, oh, Lord, I, I thank you that you come close. And you begin to, you begin to, to speak. And Lord, we want to, we want to hear your voice. Thank you. You're so gracious. You're so kind. You're, you're, you're right there with us. He walks with me and he talks with me, and he tells me that I am his own. Lord, thank you. This is what it means to be a Christian. Help us to begin to recognise you in the mix. Sovereign Lord, we want our hearts to start to burn again as we begin to get your perspective. And we want to start running again, Lord, in all that you've called us to because we recognize the huge privilege of being part of your purposes on this planet to help men and women and children to come to know your son, to come to know Jesus who to know is life eternal. Lord, our neighbours and friends, they've they got so much stuff going on in their lives. They really need to know about you. They do, really, really, really. Lord, please, re-engage us for your purposes. In Jesus' name.